Mother's Day is around the corner and I have the best gift idea for you. Hold on to your hats. It's mylifeinabook.com. Every week, My Life in a Book will send your mom a question via email. They will compile all of your mom or the mom in your life's answers and create a legacy keepsake book. The book becomes something you and future generations can treasure forever. I gave both my mother and my mother-in-law my life in a book, and they've already started responding to the prompts. When my mother-in-law received her first prompt, she said, oh my goodness, what a thoughtful gift. And that's what we all want, right? We all want to give thoughtful gifts. So check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day, mylifeinabook.com, and use code SUSTAINABLE for 10% off today. You're listening to episode 57 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hi there. Thank you for joining me. Today we are talking about a topic that recently came up in our closed Facebook group. By the way, did you know we have a closed Facebook group? We do. It's awesome. Great conversation, nice people. Just search Facebook for Sustainable Minimalists. But anyway, the topic that came up was from a woman who essentially said that she felt stuck. She had already tackled all the low-hanging fruit when it came to sustainability, and she didn't know what to do next. Now, if that sounds like you, today's episode is for you. I am talking with a fellow ethical blogger named Chloe Lepeltier. And I'm so sorry, Chloe. I know I just butchered your beautiful French last name. But Chloe on her blog has this amazing series that she calls the Habit Shift Series. And essentially, she outlines little incremental shifts to our habits we can all make to go from beginner eco-friendly living to more intermediate eco-friendly living. She has a bunch of habit shifts on her blog, and today we are going to talk about just three of them. The three topics we're discussing today are especially awesome, I think, because you can go all out 100%, kill it with all three of them, or if you're overstressed, taxed, and you want to just dabble, do a little bit on these three categories, you can do that as well. Now, before we dive right into today's interview, just a quick note, I am in the midst of creating my first online course. It's all about taking 14 days and creating a zero-waste kitchen with my help. It's a roadmap as we sustainably minimize, organize, and put in place all the zero-waste systems we need so that we each, at the end of 14 days, have a completely zero-waste kitchen. Now, It's not out yet, but if you're interested, there's a link in this week's show notes to stay abreast of when exactly this Heart and Soul Project launches. Now, a little hint, if you sign up this way, you will get a steep discount when it does come out. Learn more about the course in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 057, M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 057. Enjoy the interview. 
Chloe, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing amazing. Well, I was drawn to your blog and more specifically to your Habit Shift series. We'll talk all about your blog and your series later. But first, please tell us who you are, what you do, and how you found yourself interested in eco-friendly living. So my name is Chloé Lepeltier. I grew up in France, like you'll be able to tell <laughs> by hearing me speak. Um, I moved to the States about five years ago, um, but I got into minimalism a couple years before that. I was living in Switzerland, and a friend of mine gave me a book about minimalism. It was called The Art of Essential by a French author called Dominique Loho. She talks about minimalism. She lived for a long time in Japan and talks about feng shui, um, the fact that, you know, you are not the sum of all, all of your belongings. And for some reason, it really attracted me. I was really drawn to, to that idea. Back at the time, I was working a job where I was making a good amount of money and I was just spending a lot of that money buying new things. That's what made me happy. But after reading that book, I just changed all of my life. I took inventory of all of the things that were around me, whether material or relationships, and just started con marrying my life before the Marie Kondo movement. And little by little, things started snowballing. So it started with, like I said, belongings, relationships, and all of a sudden, and especially it was reinforced when I moved to the US, I started talking, thinking about where my food came from, etc. So it's, it started with a book to make it short. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us where you're at today. I know you have your Conscious by Chloe blog. What fills your days? So I'm a translator by day. Um, I work from home. I'm a freelancer. And during my free time, I write on my blog, um, Conscious by Chloe. I also run a local community called Zero Waste PDX. Um, it's mainly a Facebook group of now 1,020 members uh, who share tips about ways to reduce their footprint here in Portland, Oregon, where I live. I teach workshops, speak at conferences, and yeah, try to spread the word about the Zero Waste movement. Hmm. Well, I mentioned earlier, but I'll mention again, one of the aspects of your blog that really caught my eye was your Habit Shift series. And that's because on this show, I talk an awful lot about making incremental changes towards sustainability or towards minimalism or really towards any major shift you're thinking about making in life. Uh, I believe incremental minimalism is the way to go, and it's my show, so <laughs> I plug it often. <laughs> but your Habit Shift series really fits into my life model. Tell us about it. So when I started the Living Zero Waste, um, I did it all at once, to be honest, which was very easy for me considering that I had just moved to a new country, to a new city. So I pretty much started with a blank slate. So I figured, you know, if I'm going to change my lifestyle, let's just do it all. I had just uh, bought the Zero Waste Home book by Bea Johnson. So it was for me like a perfect guideline to 
life in the States and zero waste life. But I did realize that the people who were reading my blog, which at the time were pretty much my family and friends back in France, had no idea about what that moment was. So I, I figured that I could just tell them a little bit about my daily life, about my new lifestyle, both in the States and both in the low waste movement by showing them little things that I changed in my daily life, but that I thought had a big impact on, you know, the environment in general. So that's how this little series started. Today, we're going to talk about just three posts, three little shifts that anybody can make in 2019 that you've already written about. And the first one is buying nothing new for the entire year. Are you currently embarking on this endeavor? I guess I am. I did mention in one article that I unofficially (laughs) embarked on that journey, but I think that by just publishing that article, I made it official. Mm. <laughs> so I now have to stick to it. No, I'm, I'm joking. But it's um, there's a lot of talk about within the zero waste movement or about the zero waste movement, um, considering accessibility. We sometimes have that idea that, you know, a zero waster is someone like who doesn't have a job or works from home and has tons of time to curate their pantry and take shelfies. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to find ways to make um, zero waste approachable, but also um, I work a freelance life. I, I don't have a um, very big income. And I, I just decided to, to try and be more mindful about the f- things that I accepted uh, into my life. I to take an example because I really love clothing and fashion. I'm I'm going to use that example, but there's a couple rules I set for myself uh, if I want to add a new item in my closet. I don't know whether you've seen the hierarchy of needs. Oh yes, oh yes. So I, w- I was very inspired by that because actually buying new clothes is kind of the last resort kind of because there's many ways to add a new item to your closet you can swap with friends you can shop secondhand and eventually shop from an quote-unquote ethical brand and lastly just shop from wherever so because I really love fashion because I'm very um, inspired or influenced by people I follow online I just thought that I had to buy from those brands and I had to showcase those brands in my on my blog to inspire more people but this year I just decided no I'm gonna take a step back I'm gonna watch my budget because there's some investments that I want to do in my future and for that I need money (laughs) so I'm gonna decide to buy nothing new if I can, whenever I can. Um, just before starting recording that podcast, I realized that my computer cord um, is about to die, hanging by a thread. So, of course, I'm going to look on Craigslist whether someone like sells that online. But I, I have a, I would hardly believe that that would be available because those things, um, because of planned obsolescence, pretty much have a very short life. But anyways, if I can find it, I will buy it. But I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to buy it new. So I will, quote unquote, fail my challenge. But I'm going to try to think first 
you know, take a step back and figure out all the op- options, all the internet, all alternatives before buying something new. So that applies also to clothing, that applies to, I don't know, furniture, that doesn't apply to, you know, hygiene. I'm, you know, I'm going to buy soap and shampoo from, you know, a local store. I will think about buying it from a local maker, but obviously that would that would not be secondhand. What I love about your response is that it's not all or nothing, right? It's not uh, an extreme view on buying nothing new. You've said that you will buy new if you must and only after you've looked at other options. And so, yeah, what I love about that is that buying nothing new seems much more accessible for the average listener on this show. And so I'm wondering, I know you said you loved fashion, and I feel as though it's a common misconception that buying vintage items means you're maybe buying like drab or dingy or mothball smelling purchases. But I don't think that's the case. So I'm wondering, where will you shop if you look to add to your wardrobe? Yeah, it's it's very funny. As you were talking, I now I remember why I didn't want to make that challenge official because like you said some people think that it's going to be an all or nothing thing and the hashtag buy nothing is like so much more like eye-catching than you know I'm going to try to do better or to to buy less kind of like in the same idea of the zero waste movement we like to talk about the low waste movement rather than the zero waste movement because it seems more approachable so that was that was just my little two cents on on that. But about fashion, uh, it's very interesting. I'm currently downsizing a lot, decluttering. Um, obviously, many of us are very influenced about the fact that there's the Marie Kondo series on Netflix right now. So everyone's going through their closets and saying goodbye and thank you to all of the beautiful clothes that don't serve a purpose anymore uh, for them. Uh, so I'm actually organizing a closet sale this morning. I just opened a new Instagram account to sell my clothes uh, online, which leads me to where do I shop? I love following um, ethical bloggers because they do, some of them actually receive a lot of products. Some of them refuse those products if, if they know that they're not going to keep them. But some of them do accept them and eventually sell them. Or, you know, just trends, fashion, bodies change. So sometimes you have to let go of certain things and, and would be happy that someone would find a new home for them. So my one number one resource, I guess, for clothing uh, would be just ethical fashion bloggers and their Instagram accounts dedicated to their closet sales. I will link in this week's show notes to your specific recommendations, if that's okay with you. Oh, yeah, of course. Moving on to incremental habit shift number two is something that I think most people can do, maybe not me right now because I live in a snowy climate, but eating local food for a month. Tell us about this habit shift. Oh, my goodness. Um a couple of years ago, I attended a, a dinner from a series called Secret Suppers. It's a, an amazing dinner series hosted by a local food blogger and event organizer. They organized those amazing dinners on a beach in the mountains. And I attended many of those, but the one that I can remember was hosting on a farm 
in the Mount Hood area here um, in Oregon. And just connecting with those farmers, I was blown away. So not, not only are they farmers, but they're also food bloggers. And so they publish recipes that you can make with all of the wonderful vegetables that they grow. They actually, the week after I attended that dinner, I signed up for their CSA, you know, community, community supported agriculture. So you just sign up and receive a basket of locally grown fruit and vegetables. And yeah, and every week they publish blog posts with recipes that you can make with all the, the delicious vegetables that you just received. Anyways, I continued following their journey and I was so, so inspired. And eventually a couple of years later, I think it was back in September, October 2018, Andrea Bimes, who's the author of the blog, um, mentioned that challenge that she was um, going to do for the whole month. So the name of the challenge is the local 30. So 30 days of eating uh, local food. And by local, she means food that has been grown within, I want to say, 200 miles of her where her farm is. We're very lucky um, to be living in an area that's very diverse. I mean, we're here in Portland. We're less than an hour away from the mountains, less than an hour away from the ocean. So uh, there's a lot of variety, lots of things that you can grow or hunt or fish or raise um, in this area. So yeah, I was very inspired in trying to take that challenge because to be honest, I had a very hard time. It was um, a lot of work to research where all of the food that you're going to be eating grows, how it grows, how much water it takes to grow it. I'm very interested in answering all of those questions because we think about a lot about chemicals, GMOs, but we rarely think about food miles, like how many miles did something travel, you know, from where it's grown to your plate. Right. And what I love about this habit shift, again, is that for the average over-scheduled, extremely busy listener who doesn't have the time to research where every single thing on their plate came from, and if it's within a 200-mile radius, you can just simply decide to eat more locally. You mentioned CSAs, and I have been a member of my farm's, my local farm CSA for about 10 years now. And just that little shift in habit, right, means that all my vegetables for the entire week come from my town. And I like to think, I, I like to pat myself on the back, sort of, <laughs> that all my organic vegetables that I'm feeding my family with did not sit on a refrigerated truck for days. Oh, yeah. I, I love that idea. And like you said, it, it can be overwhelming. I mean, I was overwhelmed after only a couple of days, even though someone is blogging about it, someone who's living a couple miles away from where I live. Um, but yeah, or you can decide just to take one item, like the one thing that you eat on a weekly basis and just do some research. What does a tree look like? How is it grown? Is it a, is it a tree? Is it a plant? I mean, I learned so many things. I mean, I discovered so many things and, and I realized that I really know nothing. I, I realized that something you don't question things. For anybody interested in more of a discussion on the local food question, absolutely go back and listen to episode 55 of this podcast. I talked to Rob Greenfield and he is growing and foraging 
all his food, every single thing he eats for an entire year. And essentially, one of his points is that supermarkets make it really easy for most of us to eat, right? And perhaps too easy because we we are disconnected from our food source and we don't know exactly what goes into the growth, what goes into the packaging, what goes into the transporting of those items to our supermarket. So again, that's a long way of saying, if you're interested in food, listen to episode 55. But let's move along to habit shift number three, which is something we all say, we all think, uh, we all know we should do, but a lot of us don't utilize to the max. And that is getting your library card and using it. So tell us about this habit shift. Oh my goodness. I wrote a whole ode to my local library. I I just love libraries so much. And I don't know when or how I decided to get my library card. I guess it's just that I'm I'm a not a native speaker and I just wanted to read more so uh, uh, my English would get better. Um but yes, local libraries are wonderful. They're free, they're accessible to everyone. Sometimes um through the library, you can borrow books, films, music. You can take classes. There's reading sessions, workshops. They also offer free internet access. And you don't necessarily have to be a member to actually go to a library. You know, libraries are open to the public. If you want to borrow a book, then you have to be a member of the library, which implies that you would live within a certain radius around around the library but yes i just i just love libraries i do love books i do love buying books but when you move a lot and when you're a minimalist there's only a certain number of items you want to have into your life a certain number of books that you want to welcome into your life but libraries are for me the perfect getaway <laughs> right i would totally agree and i would take what you said one step further which is perhaps if you have a library card but don't use it as much as you know you probably should, put a trip to the library on your calendar. Make it a weekly thing. My family, we go probably twice a week because I have young children. They have a play area. They love to read books. And if you put it on your calendar, you're less likely to blow it off. I love that tip. What forces me to go to the library is actually to to make um a wish list on my library. You can be on a wait list and then you receive an email from the library that tells you that your book is available and you have to go and check it out within the next three days. Otherwise, it's going to go to the next person. I love it because it gives me also, you know, a deadline to actually finish reading a book or I don't know, it's a constant inspiration. I I just I just love putting things on my list and checking books out. I do read a lot of ebooks also because most of those libraries also allow you to synchronize those books on your e-reader, but sometimes I do want to have the actual physical books uh, between my hands. Right, and as a minimalist, you want to read it and pass it along, right? The big um controversy with Marie Kondo and her show was that she's saying just you know, get rid of your books. If you use your library card, that's not a problem. You you consume the important information and then you give it to the next person. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you appreciate so much more the ones that you're going to be keeping. Right. Because you know they're worth it. Chloe, where can listeners find your blog and find you online? 
So my blog is Conscious by Chloe, and most of my social media handles are, are the same. Any projects coming down the pipeline that we should look for? Oh, very interesting question. Um, I'm the co-organizer of the Portland Zero Waste Conference, and our second edition is coming up in April, so I'm going to be working on that. And for non-local readers, uh, I'm about to relaunch my Zero Waste Switch Challenge series. So um, if you sign up for that newsletter, you'll receive a weekly email about one little shift that you could do to lower your waste. Oh my gosh, I love it. I'm going to sign up. I love little incremental challenges that come via email. So I will link to that in this week's show notes as well. But I just want to thank you so much, Chloe, for coming on. I wish you lived closer so we could go grab a cup of coffee. Oh my goodness. I'm planning on traveling more this year. So maybe we'll get to meet. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Chloe. I will link to her blog and to more information about my 14 Days to a Zero Waste Kitchen course in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 057. On next week's show, we are determining once and for all, what is the best way to organize a disorganized family? I will see you then. Take care.